0: It is May 6th, 2022, the go-home show for WrestleMania, Backlash, AEW, Rampage on an earlier time. And I acknowledge that this is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Afrikanawa. And I acknowledge that NYC Demon Diva Issa is out tonight because Bad Bunny dropped a new record and she's got her priorities in order.
1: We're not going to be seeing Issa for for a long, long time. That that album, she's going to be attached at the hip to that album. When Bad Bunny drops a new album, it is a holiday in Issa's household.
0: I can't remember the last time when I had that excitement for a band releasing a new record that right away I was like, oh my God, I've got to just consume this.
1: Yeah. Every time the Run the Jewels albums come out, I get very hyped for that. Um, A lot of artists these days do it on surprise. So, you know, it catches you off guard. So it's, I guess it's easier to be excited about it because you don't have time to sit and think what's going to... Like Kendrick Lamar is doing the classic rollout. He's got the press release. So you're really... I'm really anticipating it and I can't wait for it to come out. But, you know, when somebody drops it like Beyonce and Lemonade and they just hit you out of nowhere it really uh it's an exciting moment and i'd also like to acknowledge those glasses glenn those are thank you
0: top i enjoyed them so much the other night that i ordered like four more pairs
1: hell yeah that's a great gimmick I,
0: i'll tell you so i've learned the key with sunglasses you know sunglasses are one of the most overpriced items you can buy and if you look around they all import them even the oakley's and ray-bans they're all imported basically from china and if you find the wholesalers. You should be paying no more than $12 for a pair of sunglasses. You can, you can pay as low as, as $2 if you order them by the dozen. You just need to make sure they have 100% UV protection.
1: I don't think I've ever paid more than $20 for a pair of sunglasses.
0: Oh, my God. I had the friend. I had the friend who had the $80 pair of the bullfrogs. Oh, and they, yeah. And they came in the bag that you'd polish them with. And then he would lose them and be like, we have to go back to the restaurant. I left my sunglasses <laughs> there. You don't understand. They're like 80 bucks. My mom's going to kill me.
1: You know? That's it, and every I I don't even know where my last pair of sunglasses is. That's why I don't spend that much money on it because I know they're just going to go missing. I have so many, but I'll tell you, I was buying one from
0: an outlet from like CTS wholesalers, and it was my favorite pair of sunglasses. I bought like three dozen, and they would break over time. But look, even expensive sunglasses break. They were maybe like three bucks a pair, and they stopped carrying them. So now I'm down to like my last four pairs of the sunglasses I love, which is why I've got to find new sunglasses.
1: Cool. So you can have your last eight pairs.
0: No, so I can get more, so I can get more, you know, because uh, you never want to, you know, first off, also, let me just tell you, the power of buying the cheap sunglasses is also you can buy multiple colors to coordinate with what you're wearing. And unless you're wearing black all the time, nothing really goes with everything.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I think that goes very well together because they're matching and um, and you're really pulling it off. But yeah, that's a good point. So you, you want to mix and match different sunglasses with different outfits. And so now, okay, here's a question. Are you buying the shirts with the sunglasses or are you buying the sunglasses and saying, oh, I got a shirt that matches this?
0: It's the latter. Same thing with the hat, with the green hat I
1: have that matches the green shirt. You figure it out. But I'll tell you, the
0: other thing I learned, my late friend, Brendan, may he rest in peace, ta- turned me on to the greatest thing when I think I was like 17 years old. He said, if you find a piece of clothing that you buy and it looks good on you, it fits well and you like how you look in it go back to the store and buy it in every single color because Mm. that way you will always have an array of outfits that, you know, you like that, you know, you look good in and you have the flexibility to match depending on the season, depending on the occasion, you've always got options. And I've always lived by that. So like with these shirts, love these shirts, bought like eight of these shirts in different colors.
1: I'm like that in twos, right? If I really like something, I'll have another, not the exact same thing, but like another style of it. to wear. uh, But yeah, eight is, it, it sounds like it'd be a lot of upkeep to have eight of everything. I mean, not really,
0: you know, plus I don't buy the most expensive stuff. And I'll tell you, you know, we interviewed on the Yellow Jackets, Buzz. Isa Issa and I interviewed the head costume designer on the show, she gave a great piece of advice, which is, you know, you could buy stuff cheaply off the rack, but pay extra money to get it tailored one because everyone looks better in tailored clothing. So I think post pandemic when everything is fully settled down and back to normal, I'm going to take my core wardrobe, maybe like 15 pieces and go and actually get them tailored to fit me perfectly and then I'll feel like I've really got, you know, my core wardrobe for going out.
1: Look at that. I love it.
0: Yeah. Making plans, making plans. We but tonight, tonight we had 5.30 p.m. Eastern, AEW Rampage aired on TNT after a showing of The Accountant because they've got a, I, I'm pretty sure that's written in the contract somewhere. These the Accountant in the prepare. middle of the day, that sounds
1: heavy. It's a, it's a little know. heavy for a movie with the sun out. Yeah. Yeah. Accountant.
0: I don't remember much about that film, but I've seen the end of it now like 10 times.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I, more than that. However, yeah.
0: and we have Smackdown tonight, the go home show for WrestleMania Backlash. I got to be honest, uh, I had the choice to cover Backlash Sunday. I said, nah, I got better <laughs> things to do. I'm good, homie. <laughs> I mean, is anyone looking forward to Backlash
1: Sunday? The I Quit match is going to be cool. WWE had better things to do than to do Backlash because they really have punted on this pay-per-view and they even had a match in place that they canceled because I guess they just figured they didn't want to unify the titles and Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre is a match that's not big enough for Backlash. So why should I as somebody, you know, or any person who's like a fan of WWE want to feel excited about watching Backlash under these circumstances? Yeah. So wait, they're not unifying the tag titles anymore. Not at all. It's just a regular... It is an episode of Raw on a Sunday, is what we're getting. What is the point of this
0: storyline? What was the point of unifying Roman and Brock's titles? Um, You know, Cody's been talking about who wants to bring the winged eagle back so I could see him getting the World Heavyweight Championship, the main WWE uh, historic title, and Roman saying universal champ. I don't know. WWE shocker doesn't seem to know where they're going or what they're doing
1: yeah i mean apparently they're you know wrestling I think had this as well um, in terms of a story that was covered that this was always a plan that they were always going to have this six-man tag team match and this unification thing was just some carrot that they were dangling which is just insane to think about but i just i'm not very excited for a wrestlemania backlash show yeah not i think the wrestling will be fine but it's just you know not sure look wrestling
0: Wrestling is not the problem with modern no. wrestling.
1: No, not at all. It's the least of the problems, by the way. It, the wrestling has never been better, but it's just in the wrong era. The stars are, are not as much, you know. A the big stories are there. Yeah.
0: So, before we get into everything, let's talk about the news. What do we got going on?
1: Boy, do we have a lot of news. Let's get into it, Glenn. Starting with the Forbidden Door pay-per-view has sold out General... Sales have sold out. Pre-sale sold out. Tony Khan thanked fans, and he said that over eleven thousand tickets has been distributed. This is a very, very big accomplishment for AEW in the Chicago market, which they've gone to a lot. Even sold out United Center. Um, we're starting to kind of burn it out, it seemed, if you looked at some of the sales the last time, but the New Japan XAEW Forbidden Door show has got a lot of fans excited, um, and they bought up a lot of these tickets. I know some of them, as a lot of people have been uh, arguing are scalpers, but that just speaks to the demand in terms of this uh, New Japan Forbidden Door. It's a great sign for AEW, which continues to have that uh, kind of impassioned, hardcore fan base that is uh, buying up these tickets, going to these big events, and there's been some talk about AEW possibly doing bigger stadiums just based on how quickly they're able to Sell out the United Center for a second time, so this is good when uh, AEW has to be good in terms of them going into potential negotiations, uh, within a year or you know 2024, that time frame. So, AEW Forbidden Door, June 26th, it is sold out as of right now in terms of the pre sale tickets. Right now, on my YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits, I am celebrating with a sausage party, real meats, Glenn, with this sausage party in terms of them selling out. We had to throw a celebration, it is wild. I had to leave just to come here. Uh, that's where Issa is actually right now. She's making sure nobody steals anything while listening to Bad Bunny. So, uh, uh, subscribe. Everybody's invited, all inclusive. What do you think about uh, AEW selling out? With the well,
0: I think for the older wrestling fans, this is not the first time that the men have bought a pay per view called Forbidden Door.
1: <laughs> not at all. Maybe no. some men on this podcast. Who knows?
0: You know, if you're in a hotel, they have limited options. You do what you got to do. And hopefully it doesn't show up on the bill with the name. Hopefully.
1: Absolutely. It needs hopefully. to show up as guest services. That's what it yes, needs to say. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, but yeah, look, I think this is exciting for AEW. I think this is in the sweet spot of their hardest of hardcore fan base. This has that once in a lifetime feel good for them. Is this going to bring new eyes to the company or up their standing? No, but it's another you know notch in their victories um, but I'm sure if I was Tony Khan, like, what would I rather have uh, instant sellout of a pay-per-view or 200,000 people watching more on a weekly basis?
1: Yeah. And I, I think, um, that's actually a really good question now that I think about it, but I do think that the instant sellout, especially on a venue as big as United Center, um, In the marketplace of professional wrestling, that is something that's going to get people's attention with AEW coming off as more of a mainstream entity, even if it is a bunch of hardcore fans, which they do. I completely agree with your point. They do need to grow out of that. This is something that is serving that hardcore fan base. But the fact that they are able to get so many people um, to buy up these uh, big events, despite having a smaller audience, is good for them in terms of uh, these streaming networks are looking around at uh, potential partners and to grow their Base. I mean, if AEW signs with any of these streaming partners, whether it's an Apple Plus, whether it's an Upstart, like an HBO Max or something like that, uh, the fact that they have a built-in audience and is very passionate and loyal and is going to add to it. We've seen that with WWE and Peacock, and I think that's a model that's going to help AEW seem more um, marketable, especially around this time.
0: No, absolutely. And uh, I think it's going to be excited. Wow, Censor Me Now podcast, $2, saying, rather watch the Firestarter remake than WWE Backlash. Wow. Oh, I think the Firestarter remake looks okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to shit on the Firestarter yeah, like, remake to uh get your point across about backlash. I agree. You know, I think I would rather watch the Firestarter remake and I don't think that's anything wrong with that.
0: We took a trip to Eureka, California, maybe 10 years ago to eat at this diner that we liked up there. We were like, this was like a four hour drive. We went there. We went and ate a vegan soul food restaurant for dinner. We stayed at the Ren Lion Inn and like they didn't have hotel pay-per-view anything. We literally ended up watching the 1980s Firestarter on TV with commercials, like as part of our road trip weekend to Eureka. Oh my God.
1: With commercials. So With was commercials.
0: Like three hours. Uh still about tight too, you know. Okay. Uh, okay. But uh, no, Firestarter. Firestarter is uh, Firestarter is all right. I think this remake could be okay. Uh, let's see. We got another super chat. Mike D, two dollars. Should Crush be in Hall of Fame with Demolition?
1: I, if you're gonna induct Demolition, I d- I would like to see Axe Smash and Crush. I would like to see the whole gang. They're kind of an early, you know. Even though people compare them to the Legion of Doom, which is exactly what they were ripping off. Uh, they are also kind of like the Freebirds in terms of that three-man tag team where they rotate in and out. And um, I really loved Demolition as a kid.
0: Yeah, Demolition was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, they were awesome. And again, uh, and if you'd like to come to the sausage party, Glenn, we have vegan meats, vegan meats just oh. for you. I made sure.
0: But you know, I'm watching my sodium now.
1: Okay. All right. Which
0: let me tell you, if you want to bum yourself out, you think think about living a gluten-free life. Think about living a vegan life. Think about living any sort of low fat, low carb life. And then on top of that say, Oh yeah, by the way, you gotta watch your sodium intake. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't I think I mean Yeah, but the, like it's pretty much then just like lots of like straight up vegetables, and you have to very carefully pick and choose, you know, uh, where you spend your sodium.
1: That's good. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta watch out for that. That salt is a slow killer. It is. Especially Absolutely. in the black community. I, I mm. watch my sodium intake, that's for sure. Uh, WWE, uh, somebody who's been watching their diet was uh, W. Morrissey. I don't know. Also known as Big Cass. Yeah, Appeared on Dynamite this week. I mean, looking like a million bucks. I- I've known this because he's been on, you know, Impact. And I catch some Impact, Impact here and there. And uh, know that he's been out there. But, I mean, on this stage, I'm just watching him on Dynamite. And thinking, like, this guy, like, WWE is going to really, if they're watching, they're going to really want him. And that's actually turns out to be the case, according to Andrew Zarian of Matman. It looks like WWE is impressed with Big Cass. They were impressed with his AEW debut where he went one-on-one against Wardlow, who, you know, Wardlow's a big boy and big Cass dwarfed this guy and Big um, cast I thought looked very good in there. And WWE interested. There's a lot of questions and inquiries about big Cass, AKA W Morrissey's contract situation. There are also, we want Enzo chance on AEW dynamite, of course, followed by no, we don't, but that's Enzo. He's a polarizing guy. So, um, You, Glenn, because we talk about this a couple of times over the past few weeks of Enzo and Cass and how much we missed it. Uh, Do you think we'll see big Cass back in the WWE ring uh, anytime soon? And is he accompanied by Enzo?
0: I think if you don't have Enzo, I think he's going to have a very hard time getting the audience excited. You know, he didn't work as a singles act. There was a thing with him beating up uh, the little person before in the Daniel Bryan angle. um, There was, you know, his feud against Enzo. I think you bring back Enzo as his mouthpiece, and I think, one, the quality of the TV will improve greatly, and I think Cass will get over. And in fact, can you imagine big Cass with Enzo as his manager going up against Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman? as his mouthpiece
1: that's unbelievable I love that you brought that up I haven't thought of those two dynamics but I have thought of the idea of like you know okay Enzo's not going to come back and you know they're done with the cruiserweight division for all intents and purposes unless he's going to you know NXT 2.0 but I have thought of like Enzo would be a great manager for big cast. I thought about when they were together on the main roster in terms of how WWE tends to book shorter guys like Enzo but he could talk so well so I would love that I think if Enzo and Paul Heyman going head to head on the mic would be incredible Whether it's a styles clash between the two, both can talk. Both have their own styles of talking that are completely different. And I think that would be a great segment. I mean, Roman needs opponents right now. Big Cass would be perfect. Big Cass essentially could play the role he played in AEW as a big imposing giant who Roman Reigns could slay. Like that's a kind of a marquee match. Uh, even if it isn't like an A-list marquee match, it's something that I think would have been perfect for WrestleMania Backlash. If you heat up Big Cass and you have him go against Roman Reigns, that'd be a lot of fun in terms of, you know, maybe not the most technically sound professional wrestling match, but it could be a match that gets people interested in. I, I would have no problem with uh, Big Cass and the WWE rosters knowing that, just the way he looks, how I hear that he's, his personal struggles are behind him, and he looks incredible. And if he's able to come back as this big cast, I think he could really get a, a serious push in WWE.
0: If you, I mean, just Enzo getting beat up by the Usos,
1: gold right there. You know? Yeah, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would get after it too, because uh, you know, and Enzo is Enzo's actually put on some pounds himself in terms yeah. of being pretty shredded and pretty muscular. Um, and he's always been such a great talker. Listen, I shared a clip of Enzo doing that roast of the cruiserweights on Twitter this week. Thirty-two thousand views and counting. I'm not the only one who misses Enzo. You're not the only one. Yeah, you know, we heard on Dynamite and the other company they're screaming that they want Enzo. So, uh, you know, I know it was kind of ugly how he left. He doesn't have the best relationship with Triple H, but I want to see Enzo, whether well, it's NXT or whatnot, back in uh, WWE.
0: Triple H's influences is the most diminished it's ever been right now. But yes. look, I've I've been saying this for literally years now in this podcast if enzo had not pulled that stunt at survivor series he would already be back in wwe
1: a hundred percent it was i mean what it was very sensitive matter and he didn't handle it the best in terms of notifying wwe and um it's unfortunate how it all happened but i do think that not only would he have been back i think um if that wouldn't have happened, if he would have handled it correctly, he would have stayed there. And I think he would have gotten a real strong push. And maybe we're talking about the Cruiserweight title still being there and not even needing a 24-7 title to be that uh, kind of lower-end title. I think the, he was doing a great job as Cruiserweight champion. And, you know, who knows? Like, to your point about Triple H, maybe they'll bring him back just to screw with Triple H. They've already screwed with him all kinds of other ways. In NXT. Maybe they'll bring Enzo back just to keep screwing with poor Triple H.
0: Yeah, but they got to do something, man. The biggest problem with WWE right now, aside from having credible opponents for Roman Reigns, which is like their biggest systemic problem, um, they have a struggle putting on six or hour, uh, seven hours of good TV a week between yeah. their three shows.
1: Yeah, you 100%, know? especially with the, the roster, very limited in how they use a lot of their uh, people on the roster. What else we got? We've got uh, on the topic of dynamite, didn't do too good of a number. In fact, a very bad number 833,000 viewers. On TBS, we know the elephant in the room is the NBA playoffs. That is absolutely why these numbers, whether it's Rampage, whether it's SmackDown, whether it's Dynamite, these numbers have all been down across the board. Uh, a lot of uh, historic, not, maybe not historic lows, but yeah, we've had a couple of historic lows. We've had uh, one-year lows, uh, but this is a very, very, very low. This is about what they were doing when they were going head-to-head with NXT. And you know, you had the women's main event uh, between two very talented women. Uh, Diana Peraza, who's great, and Mercedes Martinez is excellent. Uh, but, again, we weren't told anything about them. They just kind of went out there and had a match for this mm. ROH title, which I don't think Tony Khan's done a great job establishing the ROH brand past yeah. being another title on AEW TV. So this really went into the toilet. Uh, not a lot of reaction for this match for the live crowd, and unfortunately people weren't really tuning into this. So a very bad number uh, for AEW Dynamite Glenn.
0: Again, would you rather have that
1: sell out or be cracking a million every week? Yeah, that's um... – it depends on where you are. See, if you're on the verge of negotiating a TV deal, I definitely have a million. Per way. Like, per If I could say I'll get a million viewers from now for the rest of the year, I would take that over yeah. selling out these uh, stadiums.
0: Well, and ultimately you will get stronger pay-per-view buys across the board, you know, as opposed to one-off. So we'll see. I mean, is Double or Nothing sold out yet?
1: Uh, Double or nothing, I believe, is sold out. They've done very well on the West Coast, uh, selling out to uh, Las yeah. Vegas, the Forum where I'm going to be June 1st, mm. uh, for Dynamite. And, because uh, th- they have never been to the West Coast and they're finally True. coming, and um, you know, tickets are flying off the shelves for that.
0: Uh, Steam Chili, uh, 199. Better chance that Moxley or Jericho returns to WWE?
1: It's a great question. I'm gonna say Jericho. I think Moxley is just a different breed. I don't think he's motivated by money, which I think. You know, WWE come 2024, which is going to be a landmark year in wrestling. They're going to have a lot of money to throw around. There's going to be a lot of free agents. And, you know, I think Moxley is somebody WWE would like to have back. They continue to say his name on TV, uh, especially when Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are feuding. I I know WWE has a soft spot for the Shield, which they continue to shout out, even though Moxley's gone. And they would love to have some kind of a Shield reunion if Moxley was to come back. But I just don't think – I think Moxley's over WWE. I think he's made up his mind. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily think he's going to be with AEW for life. I could see him saying, you know, I'm just going to go around the world. I'm going to go on the Indies. I'm going to go to Japan. Uh, but if I don't think it's between AEW and WWE for Moxley. I think it's AEW and professional wrestling in the rest of the world. And I think with Jericho, I think he could always come back. Uh, but I don't know if he would want to.
0: Yeah. What else, uh, what else is in the news?
1: Uh, Candice LeRae, unfortunately, gone from WWE. Of course, her husband, Johnny Gargano left earlier i believe it was earlier this year and now she is officially gone
0: not a shock actually kind of surprising they didn't freeze her contract or add time but i think they're just uh they've made peace
1: yeah yeah and you, you knew and i think this might have been yeah to your point i i think that they had an opportunity to definitely freeze time um because of the time she took off but i think they're just you know because she's a new mother and she's you know her husband is gone and I, maybe they were just optics doing right by her, yes very very bad they got to be careful with a situation like that Um, and final news story wwe on pace for another billion 333 million in the first quarter that is a record i mean they're 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 doing great and this is just more reason to believe i just think i've kind of given up hope on a boom period for pro wrestling in terms of mainstream cloud. i just think that you know the way everything's scattered the way i think wrestling fans are just it's kind of between wb and aew for different reasons they have a small following that i think it has a low ceiling but yeah. i do think in terms of economically i think it's going to be a big period for wrestling and for the people who already watch it it's going to be very exciting in 2024 with you know free agency and uh i really do think that both ww and aew are going to come up with big contracts because yeah. live content is huge when you're negotiating with these streaming services uh when it comes to the fact that they have this built-in subscriber base and when it comes to the 18 to 49 demo which even though it's a fraction of what WWE did it at peak uh i think uh, they, they, they've just been doing so many whether it's number one on cable every week both aew and WWE in those 14 to uh, 18 to 49s have had kind of a stronghold relative to their competition. So I think there's a lot of things looking up for both companies in terms of 2024 negotiations.
0: Yeah. It's such a fractured marketplace for entertainment. I think uh, any audience is uh, bankable these days. Yeah. So before we hop into the shows and uh, an exciting non-wrestling announcement this week that I'm just over the moon about uh, we have a sponsor tonight. What is up with that? Alfred.
1: Let's get into this sponsor, our good friend, Conrad Thompson. Ladies and gentlemen, you could be overpaying your biggest bill. We are partnering with Conrad and First Family Mortgage to help lower your monthly payments, saving you hundreds of dollars every month. Save with Wink.com makes saving money easy. Lower your monthly payments. Get rid of PMI all while cutting five, seven, even 10 years off your loan. Get started with just a few clicks at SaveWithWink.com. Here are some more details from the GOAT. Tony Schiavone, we'll see you back in 30 seconds.
2: Hello, wrestling fans. Tony Schiavone here for my good friends at First Family Mortgage and WrestlingInc.com. So, why don't we get you a plan together today? Let's pay off your house faster. Let's get you out of that credit card debt. Let's get a lower monthly payment. First Family Mortgage can help. Complete the fast and easy form. There you have
0: it. Go to Save With Wink. That's W-I-N-C dot com. Save With Wink And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. So I got to talk about this yes. before we dive into Rampage and SmackDown. Paramount Plus as a streaming service has been largely flawed. Not a lot of great content. They promise it's going to be all the Viacom stuff, all the MTV stuff, the Nickelodeon stuff. You know, it's been all right. But yesterday they uploaded 50 classic episodes of yo MTV raps to Paramount plus got everything, but the commercials are in there. So uh, last night I watched fab five Freddy with Dre and Snoop. Watch the Ghetto Boys episode today. Watch the first episode with Run DMC. (laughs) Second episode with NWA. They're with Fab Five Freddy in the back of a truck. They're going on a tour from Compton all the way to Venice Beach. They go to Compton Swap Meet together. And they have all these music videos, music videos that you never saw in regular rotation on MTV. And these are master quality tapes, the best quality versions of these hip-hop videos. Hip-hop history stuff that you can only find crappy vhs copies out there on youtube they've upscaled it so it looks good on a hd and 4k screen i i'm just so
1: excited about this this is like what i'm going to be doing for the next week is watching all these episodes this is incredible and we were talking off air about this uh, i i uh, the ntv OT- matt raps was a little before my time um i'm more of like the generation of like rap city and 106 and park or whatnot but i'm more interested in watching you know just knowing how nwa kind of exploded knowing the legends yeah. that some of these guys became looking back and seeing them on Yo MTV raps I think would be uh, very exciting especially guys like Ice Cube who's like like almost two different people if you see Ice Cube in his NWA era and what he grew up to be in terms of you know more of a mogul a businessman an actor and you know more of a fully fledged entertainer to see him in NWA when he was just this raw rapper I think would be really fascinating
0: so exciting man i mean so they've got cubes on there in nwa they've got nwa after cube left i think there's one or two cube solo episodes there's tupac nas tribe called quest and when they're guests they're guests for the entire episode sometimes performing Mm -hmm. sometimes just hanging out uh there's beastie boys episode cypress hill um episode with mike tyson um crisscross is on there. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, but I'll tell you the music video. So, piece of history. Everyone says, oh, you know, we all know the first video shown on MTV ever was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. Mm-hmm. First video ever shown on UMTV Raps, Follow the Leader by Eric B. and Rakim.
1: Oh, I love yeah. that. I did not know that.
0: So it's cool. I so, we, I'm sorry. No, no,
1: go
0: ahead. Go ahead. I was was is you go to stuff like that. You see JJ Fad. You see KRS-One. You know, depending on the era. I I saw on the uh, Ghetto Boys episode, the music video, Intelligent Hoodlum from the movie Posse. They had like his track, you know, which pretty much is like a book report recapping the movie Posse in hip hop form. But I, I don't know. I'm just I'm really stoked about this. I'm stoked that we can legally access like great archive historical content because MTV was just such a juggernaut for me as a kid growing up in the Midwest. Like when I lived in the Bay Area, I was exposed to hip hop, but man, when I lived in Michigan, like Yo MTV Raps was my gateway to the music, to the culture and to be go back and be able to watch these episodes from 88 to 95. Like I want everyone to watch this cuz I want them to put more up there cuz there are hundreds. Probably over a thousand episodes of YoM tv rap so you know i highly recommend paramount plus i think the free tier is pretty cheap you get the premium or the, the tier with commercials is pretty cheap and then they've got a tier above that but yeah th- that's what i'm going to be doing this weekend
1: oh that's awesome i'm definitely and that sounds like it was you know it was kind of a precursor to the podcast in terms of having the same guest for the entire hour and being yeah. able to just kind of chop it up that's kind of what you see with a lot of content today so Kind of a trailblazing thing. And also the Ghetto Boys were great on the Office Space podcast. It really <laughs> made that movie. Yes.
0: You know, I was watching uh, KRS-One's My Philosophy. KRS-One's injured into- What do you think of KRS-One? Do you listen to much KRS-One?
1: Yeah, I love I mean, one of the greatest voices in hip hop. Like, if you don't get hyped to KRS-One, you don't have a pulse. See, I think
0: KRS-One's very intelligent and he has a very good flow, but I don't think he has a lot of great songs. Like, I like Step Into a World. I think Step Into a World has some amazing lyrics. My, my philosophy, though, re-listening to that, you listen to that song, and, like, every other line in that song has been sampled in another hip-hop song. hmm
1: Very influential. Every other line. Yeah. Very influential. Step into- I mean, it's just <laughs> intoxicating.
0: Yes. Oh, man. Uh, although my favorite Keras One memory is when P.M. Dawn was playing a show in New York, right, when Set Drift of Memory Bliss came out. And uh, Karis won, bum rushed the stage, shoved Prince B down on the floor and yelled out like, this is not true
1: hip hop. <laughs> yeah, it's like the original battle. That scene, that's another thing before his time. They were rushing the stage before everybody else was. Well, that being said,
0: PM Dawn is actually, I don't know if you've listened to any PM Dawn. Like, PM Dawn was actually kind of ahead of their time. Kind of cool what they were doing, you
1: know? I've heard a couple of, I, I wasn't really heavy into PM Dawn, but you know, I did enjoy what I have heard about them.
0: Yeah. Set adrift on memory bliss, man. Absolute classic. Yeah. Classic. So, uh, anyhow, YoMTV MTV wraps, classic Paramount plus check it out. 50 episodes live. Uh, great time. Great trip down memory lane, all the classics. Uh, let's talk about AEW rampage first tonight, since that was on at five thirty PM Eastern, two thirty PM Pacific. And we open with Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hader versus Ruby Soho and Tony Storm, what did you think of this match? Alfred? I
1: thought it was excellent. And now that I think about it, doesn't it feel like Rampage happened yesterday? Because yes. it was like hours ago. And now, like, now that I'm covering it, I feel like I was watching it yesterday. It just seems like so long ago. But I thought that was, it was a really good match. I think the crowd was into it. Uh, they had plenty of time to relax because they weren't doing anything for the main event uh, with Deanna Perazzo and Mercedes Martinez, so they got their energy back, and I thought they had a very good match. That thought this was excellent. Very surprised that they let Tony Storm pin Britt Baker.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that we've talked about this before, and WWE actually doesn't do this, so I'm, I'm glad that AEW does. Like When you have an absolute superstar who's been a champion or has been on an undefeated streak, like don't be afraid to let them have a losing streak because one, it will get over new talent and two, it will make it that much more meaningful when they have their comeback.
1: Yes, absolutely. If somebody is already over, especially, they can do a losing streak as long as it's part of the storyline, as long as they're just not unceremoniously losing and then going away, as long as we get follow-up and reaction to their loss, it's perfectly fine to do a losing streak. I, I just listened to that Ember Moon podcast with Chris Van Vliet, which is very good, very explosive and spicy. Yeah. She was talking about how she pitched wanting to do a losing streak uh, storyline. But WWE may not be the best place for stuff like that because they do tend to kind of put people on ice after a couple of weeks and forget about what they were doing with them.
0: Yeah. So this was hot open to the show. Uh, Tony and Ruby got the win. Fun match.
1: Yeah, I thought this was that's a great way to put it. I thought it was a very fun match. I think the fans were very much into this. Uh, usually when you see these Rampage shows, sometimes – because they just sat through two hours of dynamite, their crowd will be a little more tired, especially for the first match, the opening match. I've seen Brian Danielson matches get nothing uh opening the show, but this did got a lot.
0: Excalibur uh on the commentary desk said they had a phone call from Eddie Kingston and Eddie Kingston talking about Jericho and the fireball. This felt maybe part of it's Kingston's accent, maybe parts because it's a phone call. This felt like the most ECW Howard Stern shit <laughs> we have seen ever in AEW.
1: It was kind of like Livewire, too. Do you remember WWF Livewire where they would take oh, calls yeah, yeah. in the studio? It was kind of like that. But I actually love this. I, I, yeah. I loved the phone call on Eddie Kingston, who's just always so great and always knows how to sound so real, talking about his wife, how you know she was sad. And I just thought it was so funny and such like a heel thing to do where as soon as Jericho heard about like you made my wife cry, he just breaks into laughter and he's just so proud of himself. And, and Eddie's of course, watching. He's just like, okay, you keep laughing. I'll be there. And I'm going to come and I'm going to make you feel like that. So I thought this was great. I just, you know, Jericho and Kingston have done no wrong throughout this feud to me.
0: I liked that it was on the phone. Yeah, it felt a little hokey and a little throwback, but it actually worked. Um, WWE would have done this by satellite or, God forbid, Skype. <laughs> like, Eddie Kingston's FaceTiming in. You know, and then we get because I like that Eddie didn't sound like he was cutting a promo because there was none that guy looked to the camera and gesture and
1: hit this. It sounded real. It sounded like he he called somebody up and was like pulling up. It sounded like, hey man, you better watch your back. Yeah. Um.
0: So, let's see. Nisa Mark Sterling promo backstage match against uh, Dan Housen. We had Hook versus JD Drake feeding JD Drake very easily.
1: Yes. I mean, this is a classic hook match, not too long. Um, I thought this was more convincing in terms of him being able to just jump on JD Drake. Cause you don't necessarily want to see him throwing around JD Drake. It, then it gets a little weird, like this guy 10 times the size, but uh, I, I like this. I liked them going back to basics with hook and I like what they do with listen. I don't know if they had these plans to make hook housing and make this a thing, but um, they're definitely going in that direction and people are with it.
0: Yeah. No, I mean if not why not at this point it seems like what is happening. Dylan Matthews is just saying hook needs more meaningful matches and wins right now. I mean I don't know. I think it depends on what the uh what the plan is.
1: Yeah, if it hook. ain't broke don't fix it. I think they're doing fine with them. There will come a time where there's going to be kind of a visceral feeling like he's outgrown just doing these basic squash matches. But I don't even think we're close to that. I think people like seeing Hook. They like seeing him showcase in these short matches. Again, he's still only had, I think, less than 50 matches. So, you know, the more that they can kind of hide him and accentuate his strengths, the better. And eventually, I think through Danhausen, he's going to end up getting more over and then starting to go after those titles. But
0: what they're doing, so Danhausen coming out there and saying like he wants this partnership, he wants or he wants hook in his corner for the match against Tony Nese, and he gives him a bag of chips gift wrapped. I mean, credit to AEW because this would have been like if um if like Gold Dust would have tried to like propose a tag team with Goldberg when Goldberg was on his winning streak.
1: Yeah, and put a wig on him too, which is a yeah. <laughs> infamous moment in WWE. I liked how they did this. And I actually, you know, Hook, I think one weak spot in the Hook is like his facials and to kind of convey what, he just kind of got one mode where he's just always angry. And I thought he did a good job kind of teasing that he was really taken aback by these Doritos. Like when he saw those Doritos, he looked at those Doritos like a dog looks at raw meat. Like he was all about it. And then he had to kind of convince himself, no, no, I don't want these Doritos. So I thought he was great in the segment.
0: Do you know what the sodium content is in a bag of Doritos? Who oh, can't be having that
1: too much that and hot Cheetos. Like you can't, you know, as much as I love them, I can't, uh, can't have those.
0: Yeah. Uh, women's uh, Owen Hart qualifying match. Yuka Sakazaki versus Rio. What did you think of this match?
1: Very good. I mean, these are two women who work together. They've been working together since the start of AEW. Um, great to see Rio back. I think uh, nobody does more with less than Riho. She could take (laughs) months off and she comes back. And and I mean that because she doesn't get a lot of opportunities to wrestle these days, but when she does, people go crazy for her. I mean, it's, it's, you know, she's very, very got way into this. Yes. You've got a great connection, very special connection with this crowd. Uh, Every time she comes around, I remember early on in AEW, she was on TV almost every week. And uh, I believe she was a champion. Yeah. she's a champion. And, she's doing a great job. And then of course COVID happened and she disappeared, but I mean, she'd been long overdue for, I think a weekly role and she's not even, was this, this was not an Owen Hart qualifier. Was it
0: according to wrestling? It was
1: okay. It was okay. Okay. So that's good. But I mean, I, I think Rio they need to do more with Rio.
0: Yeah. Rio won this match. This was a really good match though. Uh, Tonight. Both of these matches were some of uh, the better women's matches that AWS had in terms of time placement on the card, attention paid. I thought this was very, uh, very enjoyable match.
1: Yeah, another example where wrestling is not the weak point of this women's division, it's getting these women over. They've gotten two women over, which is Rip Baker and Jade Cargill, using kind of the same tactics of their being mean girls, which is like such a trope in wrestling. And it succeeded here. But I think wrestling and especially AEW needs to focus on creating characters, women characters who are maybe more relatable be relatable to other women could be relatable to other men could be actually fully formed human beings i think that's somewhere they've really struggled uh, outside of these heel women who are these dastardly characters they really haven't created any true authentic baby faces i thought they had a chance with uh, ruby soho but that kind of took a step back
0: absolutely um i'm not going to acknowledge dan lambert's promo tonight oh, but no. <laughs> let's talk about scorpio sky facing off with frankie kazarian though former uh seu teammates and they're going to have a match for the tnt title
1: yeah great babysit face stuff i'll I'll believe it when i see it with scorpio sky in terms of him uh, being a dominant champion i know they were saying oh he hasn't lost in 300 some odd days but that's only because he had like 13 matches in a year uh but now hopefully they're all in on scorpio sky i love the fact and you're gonna like this too that they took that co championship off dan lambert i didn't like the idea of scorpio sky having to have like a handler and a co-champion so he's got that in his collection, which is a goat collection for Lambert and Scorpio Sky is coming through as a individual champion. And hopefully they, they run with this guy as somebody who defends this title every week. I can't wait to see Scorpio and uh, Frank Xarian. I think it should be a great match. Yeah, I just uh, Dan Lambert, man. Like he, what, what is your main gripe with because uh, I love what he's doing. I think it is a good job of kind of blurring those lines in terms of reality and just a wrestling promo.
0: Um, I mean, what is his relevance and what reverence should we have for him?
1: He is, uh, and I don't think most people know this, but he's a very, 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 uh, like he is actually a hardcore wrestling fan. Like he's a big collector and he loves wrestling. He's just a great talker. Like if you see him not knowing anything about his background, you, not a lot of people can talk the way he does with the conviction and the energy and just he's a great talker and he's great at getting heat in terms of not cheap heat, but saying things that people do say when they're making fun of AEW and saying them in a way that resonates with people as real. But why can't we use an underutilized talent
0: and give them that mic time to make that like Dan Lambert. What's the, the, there is, there's no ceiling on Dan Lambert because there's no floor on Dan Lambert because Dan Lambert's popularity ultimately means nothing. Like Scorpio Sky Scorpio Sky could surpass Dan Lambert in one promo.
2: In terms I mean of popularity. Okay.
1: I, in terms of popularity, I just think he needs to wrestle, and I mean, I think he's a fine enough promo, but I do think that Dan Lambert can help, and he has helped this act by being the kind of heater, the guy who talks and who's able to kind of bring some type of relevance to this table. I really do think, and I even know, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page's as men of the year were floundering. They really didn't have a purpose just as a duo. They were two talented guys who AEW didn't really know what to do with. And with Dan Lambert, I think they've had a direction. And ever since Dan Lambert came along, you've got Scorpio Sky as a champion. You've got uh, more TV time for them. They're all cutting promos. But this is the argument, though, for why AEW needs writers. Is because if
0: the only way you could do a promo is if you're the guy that delivers the promo or you have the ability to improvise a promo, like the majority of that roster is screwed. Because even if they're talented wrestlers, most of them don't have that ability.
1: Yes, it would help to have writers. I don't think the lesson from WWE is no scripted promo. I don't think it's an all or nothing thing. I think maybe no full staff of writers... Sure, Uh, But even saying that that Vince McMahon, I think is a problem with this whole thing because they get filtered through him. So there's a lot of sameness. There's a lot of things that come off as out of touch. But I think with AEW, you could have a couple of writers here and there, maybe get some women. When I was thinking, watching the shows like, God, they've got so many talented women, get some women who maybe know how to write in the voice, in the perspective from a woman that could help in terms of developing some of these characters, get some people from different backgrounds to help write and help bring together some ideas so it's not just this, you know, internet wrestling circle jerk every week. So that actually maybe they're adding some dimensions to some characters and they can gravitate outside of these hardcores. Because this hardcore bubble, it's not, they're not going to win in terms of being able to compete with WWE with these hardcore fans over the long haul. You're going to need to grow. And I mean, I do think that writers can help that.
0: Put that put that on a pro wrestling uh, tees store, the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Circle Jerk.
1: Yes, I, I'll put it there. I think that's what's going on at my sausage party at this point. But uh, hopefully they have their hands to their spells. Issa's watching them. They're not doing that. Yes.
0: Matt Morgan said uh, something very funny once. Matt Morgan, by the way, and I are reuniting. Yes. With Raj Geary. It looks like it's going to be mid-May, probably a Thursday. So uh, stay tuned for more details on that. Soon, but Matt Morgan uh, once said that hardcore members of the internet wrestling community would be content uh, to uh, pleasure themselves if Daniel Bryan defecated in a ring and they were just close enough to get a whiff.
1: <laughs> I agree. I hundred percent
0: agree. Just a whiff though, just one whiff, maybe two whiffs. They would. Yeah, just close enough, you know,
1: <laughs> to say they were there while they were doing it. <laughs> So now I have that image in my mind. It's so poetic how you described it. I see it. I see it.
0: But that's the thing. So I get it. I get what Dan Lambert's doing is good and funny, but I don't know. I mean, like this is still a new company that needs talent and characters that we get behind in every moment he spends on the mic. Remember in SEU Scorpio Sky, like SEU was cutting good
1: promos, you know, SCU I don't know. Was- I remember, I have very fond memories of SU from even before AEW when they were yeah. doing Being the Elite every week. I thought they were, when they did, this is the worst town I've ever been in, they had had those yes. promos. Like Scorpio Sky, you're right, he can talk. And, and I mean, he shows it. I think maybe because Dan Lambert is just such a bombastic personality, maybe Scorpio loses a bit. Especially because they don't let him talk a lot. But Scorpio can definitely talk. And, that, and that's my point with this.
0: It's not about, does Dan Lambert have any value? It's about what is that time at the expense
1: of? Yes, then that's, and that's a fair is. question, that is. And do you think that TNT title looks a little small? Can't they make it a little bigger? It looks looks very small. Maybe Scorpio Sky is just so jacked.
0: that That's the thing. By scale comparison.
1: Yeah, it looks bigger. on. That's, that's probably what it is. It looks bigger on Sammy Guevara. And Scorpio Sky, he's got those traps. He's got the pecs. And it just looks small on him.
0: Sammy looks like uh, he just uh, rolled into AEW after Pop Warner football practice. <laughs> you know?
1: He does oh, not look okay. like a grown man. What position would uh, Sammy uh, Guevara play in Pop Warner? Would he be the quarterback? He'd be uh, the kicker. kicker. yeah, yeah, he'd kicker. Be the kicker. <laughs>
0: yeah, Uh, so Jungle Boy attacked Ricky Starks. Uh, Ricky Starks retreated. Jungle Boy held up the FTW championship and was on. Uh, then we had the main event tonight: a lethal versus Konosuke Takashida. What did you think of this match?
1: Love this. Loved Jay Lethal getting a win here. This, uh, uh, uh Takas, say, say this again. What's that? I already forgot. It, so it was already named. Kanesuke Takashida. Takashida. Yeah. I thought, I liked him. I thought he showed well as a baby face. I loved his gear. He looks like he has it together. Very explosive in there. But, you know, working with Jay Lethal, who's one of the best in the world, legit, is going to bring out the best in you. So I don't know how much of it was that. They did show his highlights on Dynamite, and he looked good there. But I, I liked what I saw from both guys. I thought Jay Lethal looked good. Sanjay Dutt is has been mm. kind of an unsung hero. I think he's been great in this role where he's just yeah. kind of talking for this giant. He's talking for Jay Lethal. He's doing it all. He's, you know, kind of stopping people. I, I think Sanjay Dutt, it's great to see him get his shine because i remember him in tna and i forgot how good he was and they didn't really let him talk as much as they did in tna He was more of a wrestler in the x division but he's got his promos are incredible
0: yeah so jay lethal with sanjay dutt and satnam singh uh jay lethal got the win and after that we had trent the best friends um and orange cassidy come out and then samoa joe as well who was stopped by sec- security Um, this was an all right ending, but I, I have a feeling they knew this is going to be the lowest rated rampage of all time.
1: Oh yeah. It looks like they were just kind of packing up shop here. Looks like it's going to be a fast national Saturday. Do not shoot messenger. Vince is staying
0: up late tonight to get the fast nationals on this and, uh, text them to the streets.
1: Yes. Yes. Vincent Vaughn. Are we talking about? I don't know. Vince Vince Vaughn. Yes.
0: Uh, and he's going to say, you're so money, baby, and you don't even know it.
1: It's <laughs> a great reference. But uh, yeah, it looks like this is going to be an all-time low number for, I mean, in the middle of the day, it does feel like it was yesterday. And I don't know how many people, see, it's one thing in California where it's like when they're having it at four, it's like, well, in California, people are still at work. At two, at 5.30 Eastern, pretty much everybody is either at work or leaving work And I don't know, man. The unemployed, they're gonna really need to reach into that unemployed fan base who's watching this to, to get these numbers up. But this is gonna be an all-time low for AEW Rampage. Yes.
0: I had a, a friend that recently went through a breakup and I was talking to him and uh I was giving him advice and I said, Have you seen the movie Swingers? And he said, Oh my god, if one more person references the movie Swingers in regards to my breakup, like you know, that's just yeah. it. Just I'm not talking to anyone anymore.
1: That is a great movie that you can learn. I I learned something about kind of the dating every time I watch Swingers. It's a very good movie for like realistically portraying a lot of things. I know some of it is a, a little didn't age very well, but I think Swingers is a very underrated movie.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's actually aged, it kind of boomeranged around. It was hot, then it was overplayed, but now you watch and you go, Okay, this this was the time. It is a time capsule of its era and it's enjoyable for what it is.
1: It really is. You know,
0: I'm gonna find out this weekend when I watch Mario V on People's Posse. If that is aged well, because that came out like 30 years ago and I've never seen it. It's about black and uh, American Indian cowboys.
1: Oh, wow.
0: In the old West. Like, yeah.
1: Uh like the harder they fall, but with the American Indians yeah. as well.
0: Tone Loke is in it. Really? Yeah. No, Posse has got a pretty stacked cast. There's uh, like Nipsey Russell is in it. I mean, Mario Van Peebles directs and stars. And here's the reason why I'm shocked I've never seen it. New Jack City is legit one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. Have you seen that it's with Ice? Oh, of course, yeah, of yeah,
1: course. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, so uh Posse, uh Stephen Baldwin, which interesting, he's the token white guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh uh Tom Lister is in it. A Big Daddy Kane. Oh, Billy Zane is also in it. Blair Underwood, uh Tone Loke, Pam Greer. Time is tiny Lister. Yeah, oh no, time is tiny was, Lister. Yeah, I guess his name Steve-O. is Officially Tom, yes, so tiny and Lister. Zeus. yes. Uh yeah, Isaac Hayes, uh the, yeah. Reginald Vell Johnson.
1: Oh, Family Matters.
0: Yeah, Aaron Neville is in
1: this. Wow. You know, you just remind me of something. something, uh, you know, shout out to Stella Justin Lopez, who's a big uh, in, uh, Invincible fan, the way I am, Invincible comic yes. and the Amazon cartoon. The the man who wrote it, Robert Kirkman, is a huge fan of Family mm-hmm. Matters. So there are a lot of Easter eggs there. Even the principal in Invincible is named Reginald. It's, it's actually Reginald Vell yes. Johnson that he drew, and yeah, it's really funny.
0: I'm not going to spoil anything. I saw Multiverse of Madness last night. Mm. I'm just going to say there is a very clear, almost homage to Invincible in Multiverse of Madness.
1: Really? Yes. That's interesting. I can't wait to see that. Yeah.
0: It was good. It was, it's one wacky multiverse. It's a little long, takes a while to get going, but there were some fun pops and surprises, and it was okay. We saw the drive in last night. I'm not too much of a Doctor Strange guy, but I, I do think his movies have been good. Yeah, first one I was actually... Re- first when I saw at Alamo Drafthouse, that was not the movie to see at an Alamo Drafthouse where you've got, like, the waiters coming through every five yeah. minutes. Like, I couldn't pay attention to anything. It's terrible. But, uh, no, let's talk about SmackDown. I mean, Ramp- look, and this is the thing. I'm not saying Rampage was bad tonight. This was a serviceable, fun Rampage. It moved fast, but it was also on at 2.30 in the freaking afternoon, mm-hmm. and it was pre-taped, and I heard very little buzz after the pre-tape. I heard the matches were good, but... but- you do not put your can't miss episode of Rampage. Actually, there been let's let's be real. There have been very few can't miss episodes of Rampage. It is the B show, but you certainly don't put your can't miss episode on at two thirty in the afternoon Pacific.
1: Yeah, that is a uh, not a good. I mean, they obviously out of their control. It's not something they're choosing to do for strategic reasons. They are getting bumped by the NHL playoffs. But you know, you look at all this competition they're having: the NBA, the NHL, and this, that, and the other. In That is a very valid excuse, and it is very real reason as to why they keep getting hurt in terms of viewership. But even without that competition, the Rampage numbers aren't very good. Tony Khan even had to recently feel compelled to say, I want to try to make this into the A show again. And they had the world title match that didn't change hands, and the number did okay. Uh, But this is kind of a struggling show right now and outside of all the problems it's having right now with the competition and being moved around i think outside of all that it's really hasn't delivered since the cm punk episode
0: yeah well there have been some good episodes i feel sure, like there have uh, been some
1: good I'm, I'm just talking strictly from viewership that i, I thought this is going to be like another dynamite they did one point something million for cm punk and you don't expect that every week but i thought okay so they're going to fall into like a seven hundred thousand range but they it fell off a cliff really so we
0: open tonight's show with Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. They're in Long Island. Typically a hot crowd. Nassau uh, Coliseum. I believe I've been there. I think that's where Evolution was. I think.
1: Maybe. Oh, uh, that sounds like... Yeah, I believe that's where it was.
0: I remember waiting for an Uber for two hours in the parking lot after that to go back to New York. Uh, but Charlotte Flair brings Aaliyah out into the ring just basically to beat her up and show her dominance. And she cuts a promo on Ronda. And look. Charlotte Flair, you're an incredibly gifted athlete, but here's the deal. I can't sing, and I know this, so I don't try to. Tonight was better, but look, WWE needs to get a vocal coach to come in and work with the entire roster so everyone can at least carry the tune of Steam's Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye. Because... Like, can somebody auto tune that? Can somebody just auto tune Charlotte? So she was like in key on that. Maybe that was the heel thing she was doing. And again, I can't sing. I'm one to talk, but I know that. And so if I got on national TV, you know, I would want my promo to, to be scathing. And she had some burns. Ron's going to quit and go back to being a mom. But you know, you're just, you're just hurting yourself. your dominance by doing something you're not good at like you know i can't juggle i wouldn't do that at the end of a promo to be like hey i'm a badass i'm gonna beat my opponent now check it out while i juggle and i do that (laughs) poorly that's not gonna that's gonna hurt my credibility more than help
1: you are wearing a shirt of a juggler though it's true i can i can see it happening uh, I agree with you on Charlotte in terms of, I think it's because she has a lower, deeper register. It's harder to hit those higher notes. And really, early in her career, Charlotte really couldn't woo either. Like, she had trouble wooing woo and getting up high like that. She struggled doing that because of her, that lower register. So it's one of those vocal things that she did work her way and eventually learn. I think it's because it's in her genes to woo. And maybe she's just going to have to practice that na-na-na song. Just
0: lip sync it. Let's cue up yeah. a tape. Let's get let's get a sound like singer. Let's auto tune. Let's you know they have auto tune live now. WWE. You could just put yeah. that right into the mic feed. You know, wouldn't it be funny if they do that and they don't shut it off? And then she's talking like T Pain after that. <laughs> that Sounds would like auto tune. Great.
1: Unbelievable gimmick. Somebody has to have that gimmick where they're always talking auto tune.
0: Why was there no gimmick? For, okay, number one, why was there no gimmick in like the 2008 to 2011 era of somebody auto-tuning? Second, why was, why hasn't there been a gimmick YouTube channel of somebody auto-tuning wrestling promos to make them sound like songs?
1: I mean, I think you just stumbled upon something. You should have kept that to yourself. I think that could be a I don't gold the pin.
0: Time. I don't have the time. You know, but uh, remix it, like put a beat under it. Like you could do some amazing things. 100%.
1: And and I agree in terms of, you know, WWE is always late to things like this in terms of when something is hot, they're always going to do it 10 years later. So we're coming up around the time where they would do an auto-tune gimmick when it hasn't been really as hot for a while. Look,
0: but that being said, you know, Ronda came out, uh, got into it with Charlotte. This is the match that I'm looking forward to on Backlash.
1: Me too. This should be the main event. Judging yeah. by how this went with Roman and Drew, and they're doing the six-man, that means nothing. This match should be the main event, 100%. Yeah. So Especially because Ron- there's going to be a title change. I do think Ronda's going to win this match, and that's really? how you want to go home. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, Can you, like, it will be insulting if a six-man tag is the main event of a pay-per-view. A six-man tag with no, are any titles on the line? No, no titles are on the line. You can, I mean, like, this This will be insulting to every other title holder in all of WWE, whether they're on, they're
1: on the card or not. Yeah, especially Ronda, if you believe those rumors about her getting hot when she found out she was main eventing night one. I think if she finds out she's not even main eventing WrestleMania Backlash, we might never see her again. Uh, but that's only if you believe those rumors, which who knows if they're true. And I, I do see them main eventing with Ronda Rousey beating Charlotte Flair, I think. I mean, if you want this show to come off as anything newsworthy, put that at the end. You have the title change, and that's the thing that people pay to go see. Yeah. So,
0: uh, good promo for building heat, but um, please just just try, just work with a vocal coach. You you know you can also move it to your register. That's the key, also. So so I say I can't sing. Technically, everyone can sing. You just need to know what key you can sing in to carry that and pull it off.
1: Yeah. Right. Is she going for an F sharp? What what, what would Charlotte?
0: Well, that's what we need on? to learn. We need to figure it out, you know, but it's important though. It's important. And this isn't, you know, this goes for anyone. If you're going to sing and the joke isn't that you're a bad singer, like you're not trying to, to be self-deprecating, like pull it off, man. You know, don't yeah. just don't, don't uh, sell yourself short. Um, but Pastor Banks versus Shane and Baszler. When is this tag team championship match
1: happening? Didn't they announce it for next week? I think we're finally doing it it next week, and they've really put over Shayna and Natalia Strong winning those matches and breaking both these women's arms, but I see these two retaining in terms of Naomi and Sasha Banks. And then very interesting to see what happens with Dewdrop and Nikki Cross maybe is coming back. Maybe those will be the next contenders.
0: Hmm. I mean – Is there any argument for taking the titles off Sasha and Naomi at this point?
1: No argument. You'll never see me again. Hey, you will never see me again if they lose this match. I don't want to put that out there, but I I think they're doing a good job with them. I think they need to run with this. They finally seem like real women's tag team champions. God bless Shayna Baszler and Natalya. They just kind of threw them together as a mishmash. And, you know, Natalya's got enough on her plate. She's got NXT. She's got WWE main roster to have that title and have to do those storylines, too. Let's just keep this simple.
0: Oh, Dylan Matthews saying, bring back Jillian Hall to sing the song. That would be a gimmick that I'm going to bring in a singer to sing you off. Like, and depending on the city, I'm going to bring a celebrity
1: vocalist to sing
0: the goodbye song to you.
1: I would love that. I would love Jillian in particular. She, <laughs> she is an underrated singer. She should have had an album. Yes. Uh, so,
0: Shayna Baszler won this match tonight. This was good. I, okay, so I have to give credit for something major tonight. There was... It sounded like almost a chorus of young women in the audience chanting for Sasha tonight that everyone online... Was like, this is piped in, right? This is too cool. Like this sounded like we went in a studio and said, let's get a group of of younger women and have them all chant for Sasha. It sounded so perfect because you, you couldn't see them in the crowd because the crowd was just kind of, you know, doing their thing, whatever. Uh somebody on Twitter tweeted out video. It was legit in the like upper section that there was like a group of women chant for Sasha. And yeah why don't we have more coordinated chants like this going on with like large groups of people saying, we're going to do this. It sounded like perfection tonight. Uh, and it was just such a great, great moment and great enhancer to this match.
1: Well, not everybody. You could say that uh, chase you has coordinated chants and coordinated people who come together and whether they're plants or not and do that, but that's really cool. I didn't know that they were able to find that because it did sound piped in when you were watching the TV, but um, that's really cool. I mean, Sasha Banks is – there's also another clip of her going to a school recently that I thought was really cool. Oh. And she's got just a very fierce fan base. Sasha Banks is one of the most over people on that roster and one of those people, kind of like Nicki Minaj, where if you go after Nicki Minaj, you're going to have to deal with that um, – the barbs and they're going to really come for you and then come for your whole life. And Sasha Banks has that fan base too where her fans are very
0: protective of her. Made a joke once about Sasha stealing the blueprint from Matt Morgan. Didn't go well. I remember that. Did not go well. <laughs> uh So shana won this match. But yeah, Sasha and Naomi better win this. Better win this. When
1: yes, I see na- Sasha and Naomi. You know, it seems like they're just getting going with this title run. And I think this is actually going to be a really good match. I think all four women are really good and they're going to have a good tag team match.
0: So this is saying the main event of Backlash is going to be this non
1: title six man match. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's being promoted as a main event and going up, I, you know, things could always, you know, you know, you never know until they actually go on the show, but this is not a, I know you've got a lot of your stars and you've got Roman Reigns there. I think this is a match that could open the show. Honestly, I mean, really your two most important matches, we say this on the podcast sometimes is your opening match and your closing match. And this is a match that I think should open the show there's nothing on the line. There's no stakes and it's. I think the I Quit match is more of a main event. It's got the stipulation. It's a follow-up to another match they did. And I do expect there to be a title change. So you're sending the people home happy. Whereas I think Roman Reigns and The Bloodline are winning this match.
0: Yeah. And it's just, this is all very manufactured. If the titles aren't on the line, what in the hell is the point? Why even have a pay-per-view at this point?
1: I agree. I I was very surprised when they went away. I thought they were just going to stall a little bit and decide which titles that they wanted to put on the line. But they're just punt they're literally not literally but they are punting figuratively on this pay-per-view rather than having what i thought was a marquee match and should have been the main event in terms of a unified tag team title match they are now doing this six-man match that i don't think people are going to care about when there's no stipulations
0: they should open uh wrestlemania backlash with the the run sheet the rundown and have pat mcafee come out and punt the actual script for the night.
1: Yeah, they should do that. It's like a symbolic thing. That'd be great. Yes.
0: Um, So I have to give major credit here. I can't believe I'm saying this. Madcap Moss roasted Baron Corbin tonight, and it was actually pretty funny.
1: Wasn't that bad You know, I've been saying that he needs ghostwriters, you know, I'll at your boy, I'll do it for free, but he needs ghostwriters. And this was as good as he's been. If he's going to do a gimmick like that, I really do think he needs to be better than even this. He yeah. needs to just be like, you know, like we've talked about Mike Lawrence and some of the great comedians and roast writers who watch wrestling that I'm sure would be thrilled to just write him some jokes and send it to him. But this is good. This is more along the lines of what this should be. If he's going to be this madcap, cat Moss joking characters, the jokes have to be fire. Every joke has to be fire. What did you say your body
0: is a showcase for the worst work by some of the country's best tattoo artists?
1: Yeah, that, that was funny. That was very well worded. It's clearly uh, a writer. Listen, they had Kenise Mobley who got bullied out of this industry after she mm. screwed up Bobby Lashley's name. She could have written some fire. She's one of the best comics working in this country right now. She could have written some fire for, uh, you know, madcap moss.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Drew Gulak, who is auditioning, waiting for a new role. Uh, But tonight he's back in the ring for a surprise opponent. And it was Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther. And, uh, you know, portions of this made me uncomfortable for reasons that read the subtext (laughs) of it all. Uh, This was not like an Inglorious Bastards moment for uh, Drew Kulak. Uh, Gunther got the win.
1: Kind of the opposite of *Inglorious Bastards*, like the B sides of *Inglorious Bastards*, where the Germans actually end up winning in an alternative universe. Well,
0: Gunther's Austrian, but you know, Austrians and Germans when they work together, Jews get nervous.
1: But uh, they were chanting USA. They did make it into kind of a rocky thing where, yeah, they were chanting USA. Uh, Drew Gulak's latest job, as it were, was the job to Gunther. And I'm really excited to see him on commentary. They did tease that, that he's going to join the broadcast team. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: I think Drew Gulak is utility player. He can literally do anything on the roster.
1: Yeah. And that's – yeah, that's his gimmick, is that he's doing pretty much everything. Here's a idea for a Drew Gulak job. If you want to be topical in the zeitgeist we're in right now, his next job is as SmackDown security. And he screws up, somebody rushes the ring and gets into the ring, just like they did with Dave, just like they did with uh, Wilson Smith and Chris Rock. Somebody rushes the ring because Drew Gulak screwed up on security.
0: I was going to say we have an episode where he's got multiple jobs and he's doing the broadcast and we go backstage and he's like actually like working the steam table and catering. And then someone leaves and he's like driving an Uber, you know, <laughs> like. That'd be great. Yeah. So we just got drew, you know, like, like how i living color. Like how many jobs you got, man? You yeah. know, like, yeah, that'd be Drew's. That'd be Drew's thing. Cause we're in the age of the side hustle, you know? Hell yeah, like, and he's a millennial. Yeah. And he'd be like, I got eight jobs and no benefits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an independent contractor at everything. Um, so New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland, they were hyping this up. Who a tables match on SmackDown? Uh, actually, a pretty good one, and this went on for a long time. I think this was the longest match of the night.
1: Yeah, they have a lot of long matches together. These the combination of the Unholy Trinity and the New Day. I thought Kofi was incredible in this match. This is like. Not that he's not usually incredible, but this is like kind of turning back the clock. He's still got that athleticism, as we know, but, uh, you know, he was just going all out and working his ass off and jumping 300 feet in the air. I thought this was a a, – it was weird because they built it up as like first time in two years we're having this tables match. And then I, I really feel like for as much as they built it up, they really could have done more with this and done a tables match maybe with another feud. Uh, but yeah, this is fine. I think these guys have been feuding for too long. There's a lot of talented people here. Good to see Butch back, but let's wrap this yes, up. Let's Butch. get these guys with different people. Where's Butch? Butch was under the ring for two whole weeks. The yeah. whole time. On Long Island. This whole ent- – they thought he was at Coachella. Nope. Long Island.
0: Do we know why Butch wasn't actually – was he like on what, – what was Butch actually doing?
1: That's just his gimmick. Is that they're, oh. It's funny because they've – in. I think they said they want to get him more ring time. And I think he was overseas in, as part of the tour. Um, mm-hmm. And Sheamus kind of shared time with him in terms of Butch and Ridge Holland. But this is just a gimmick is that he's this kind of wacky guy who tends to disappear almost like a child, but kind of like, a, a like an angry animal. I think they're going for like a bulldog, like a pet, like a wild animal, but it, he's a little guy, you know?
0: paging Seamus and Ridge Holland we have a child who answers to the name of Butch waiting for you at the front of the store
1: they should do that they should go to the grocery store and he gets lost <laughs> that should be his music it's like his theme music at the beginning It should be paging Butch. paging butch
0: uh, but this was a good match though a lot of good spots a lot of table action announced table action uh, but Butch was under the ring Seamus and Ridge Holland got the win
1: yeah, this is fine. I get, I've, I've seen too much of these guys wrestling. I really do. I'm, the Butch thing is growing on me. I know it's not the greatest use of Pete Dunne for what you know he is and as talented as he is, but he's making this work, and that's what you got to do sometimes in WWE. Some people don't like doing it, and I completely understand that. If you're an artiste and you consider yourself somebody who takes his craft seriously, but Butch is doing the right thing. I think um, it's going to do right for him long-term if he is able to knock this out the park.
0: War Hero 99 says they're waiting for Big E to return. Um,
1: well, it's going to be a while. I mean, it looks like he's having complications with that neck yeah. surgery, unfortunately. He's going to be in that neck brace for another four to six weeks. But prayers to Big E. I, I can't wait to see uh, him back. I, I,
0: want, I want Big E to be well. Whether he comes back or not at this point is not even like mm-hmm. from what he went through. I mean, that's that's a much later future decision depending on his recovery.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I just want him to to be right, and if he does get right, candidate to win the Royal Rumble. I mean, we were talking about the Royal Rumble last—I think it was on Tuesday actually—and that could be a candidate if he's able to come back by then. But you're right; I just want him to because it's a very serious neck injury. It's almost a miracle that he might not yeah. even need surgery, but they're now putting that back on the table. So hopefully, best case scenario, I, I hope he's recovered fully.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, Paul Heyman, perhaps with the most awkward promo he's ever cut reverse hitting on kayla backstage uh but interrupted by sammy (laughs) zane
1: this is funny i like when he goes don't leave him alone with me (laughs)
0: Uh, so let's unpack this so uh sammy says the shinsuke is not done with roman of course rich boogs is injured Sammy wants to let Heyman know he's going to take care of Shinsuke. Reigns doesn't have to worry about it. Wants Haman to relay the message. <laughs> Heyman says Roman appreciates his initiative. I mean, I, I like this that Sammy is basically going to start telling everyone that he's in the bloodline soon.
1: Yeah. He's the stooge. That's the gimmick is that he's going to go around snitching on everybody, telling everybody's business. And I think he's great in this role. I see he's great with everything he does. And I like that. He's now rubbing elbows with the main event. And you know, it, I want Sammy Zayn to be like an honorary member of the bloodline. I think that'd be funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Stu. They said stooge so many times tonight. Yes. That is his gimmick. You can tell because Michael Cole in particular made it a point to say stooge, you know, that's coming from Vince. You know, that's something that is a programming decision. So Sammy, the stooge is going to be a thing moving forward. He's going to be snitching on everybody.
0: Um, Love Sammy has Adam Pierce for a match against Shinsuke. And uh, it's gonna happen tonight.
1: But we had chapter five of the story of Lacey Evans. Chapter five. And we got to see Lacey Evans in the flesh. See, this is where we need Isa to tell her sad story. Oh jeez. Um,
0: this was hard tonight, man. Talked about man. losing a family member to suicide, um losing a uh, family member to an overdose. I mean, these are very personal. I've never knocked the content of these, but I've always felt the presentation was a little off. And even tonight, I don't know. Like, I like that she got emotional. I like that she got really real with it. I mean, look, I've been invested in Lacey Evans' success since day one, just knowing her real story back since she was in NXT. But what did you think of her entrance to the ring and the, like, literal grandstanding, um, even asking people to uh, to applaud? I mean, she
1: got... They yeah.
0: came out for like a victory lap tonight.
1: Kind of awkward, kind of heel slanting. And I don't know if that's what they were going for. I thought this was very awkward in her live appearance. I, and they would the crowd for her backstage segment. And they were cheering when she talked about being a veteran. I don't think they needed that thing from Samantha Irvin where she had this really kind of hokey um, – almost like rehearsed intro where she's like, please stand up and start applauding right now. It's like, that's something you do for a heel where you ins- insist that they stand up and applaud. They didn't need to be told that they should, should have just walked out, which makes me kind of think like, are they going to go the heel route with Lacey no. Evans? Cause they, they they really shouldn't. This is like the biggest babyface thing ever, but you know, WWE is not good at booking babyfaces, and they're not good at telling when somebody needs to be a heel or a baby face uh, a lot of times. And this was, it's. I got heel vibes from this. Like, I don't well, think she's going to heal, but this was, the execution made her seem like she was going to be a heel.
0: And I think she's going to be a feud with Raquel. I think that's what's really? going to happen. I think, I don't know why I think that. I don't know where I read that. Did I imagine that? Did we talk about that? Did that happen? Did they allude to that in the show? I have no clue.
1: She did say she wanted the SmackDown Women's Championship, which I guess is what everybody's supposed to say, but she made it a point to say that that's where she's going. So I think they're going to maybe put her on a run against people. Because I feel like her and Raquel are in the same boat where they're just kind of getting established again. And they both need their own separate win streaks before they cross paths. But, uh, I, you know, this is fine. I think they're doing. I think, uh, the, especially saying chapter five, like the, the higher we go in these chapters, the more obnoxious is it going to start to get where it's like. It's time for chapter 29 in the Lacey like you, you, you only do so many chapters before this starts becoming something like that but I just thought it was very awkward how she came out I thought she was cool and she was received well by this crowd but this presentation when she was introduced to the live crowd seemed very heelish
0: um to your point about presentations like I don't think they're that smart and I don't think they're that stupid to do either of those to make this like a heel right. self-parody thing and and I know we've you know poked fun at some of these earlier promos in the presentation but no I mean this was very touching tonight and I think a lot of us have been affected by uh, friends and family members who have uh, taken their own lives or lost their battles with substance abuse and I think that's very relatable and endearing I think her military service is very commendable um I think uh she just has always come across as a badass but the presentation of this Makes me think this is thirty years ago. We're right on that patriotic high after the Gulf War, mm-hmm. and Vince thinks, "Oh my God, I've got the biggest women's wrestler of all time in this character." Like that's right. to me what feels like a throwback—the presentation, even the new theme music.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. She and I really loved her old theme music, actually, but it was kind of a heelish theme song. But it is definitely just kind of the all-American, red, white, and blue type. It's always going to play with Vincent patriotism and it did play with this new york crowd i mean to his credit and i i there's nothing wrong with that in terms of her being a proud veteran and a mom and there's so much to like about this this is to my point this is the type of thing aew needs to do more of in terms of creating these fully fleshed out characters with women who you can get behind because this is as relatable as it gets um and you know they really don't need to do much else other than these promos and have her wrestle
0: manny santos someone i assume is a degrassi homage in that screen name Uh, Manny, underrated character on Degrassi, but uh, Manny Santos saying pretty sure it's a swerve and she's going to be a heel. I'll be really surprised if that's where they're going.
1: I think it's such a if you're gonna, I I understand making her heel maybe eventually or whatnot, but I mean, this is the best work they've done with a baby face in I don't know how long. I mean, when's the last time WWE just let somebody be themselves in terms of because there's a lot of people with really cool stories in WWE, but they always want to kind of control how these people are presented, and you understand that, but. This is a really good story. It's a baby face story. You're overthinking yourself if you're gonna make her a heel this early.
0: Yeah. We shall see. Uh so Shinsuke versus Sammy. What did you think of this match?
1: I like this. I was very confused when Shinsuke. I mean, this is a very deflating comeback for Shinsuke to get counted out. Yeah, His first match back after cutting a promo on Roman Reigns and saying he's coming for Roman Reigns and he can't even beat Sami Zayn, who's the stooge. He was like the, not even the first boss. He's like the guy you beat up on Streets of Rage to get to the first boss. He's the guy that you throw around. He's one of those goons, and he lost. And I thought it just made Shinsuke as a baby face look like, really bad.
0: Yeah. Good match. Sami won by out though. So good. We're going to maybe continue with this a little bit maybe they'll have more i mean but shinsuke versus roman i'm sorry that could have been a backlash and we could have the real tag team unification match we were promised originally um but look sammy and shinsuke one of the best matches i've ever seen in person at that takeover in dallas oh yeah i think um but this is where the show started losing steam tonight
1: yeah and and just based on how great their matches have been in the past especially that one which is one of my favorites ever this really wasn't to their standards, all that, I, mean, I felt like it was a little sloppy. Um, I felt like they had a couple of spots that, that seemed to go awry, but, uh, you know, they're both very good. I thought overall the match was fine. Um, I just don't really agree with beating Shinsuke in his essentially first match back, given the story that they're telling with him coming for Roman Reigns. How are we now supposed to get behind this? I understand it was a count out, but that almost made it worse. It made him seem like a little weaker.
0: Yeah. It was interesting. Um, I'll be curious to see where they go with this and what they do, but this, this final segment, I mean, look, riddle and Orton tonight were cute. And as Matt Morgan once said, that is never what you should apply, uh, as the adjective to someone you're pushing as stars. Um, but you know, all the pot jokes, all the different things there, but then the segment with Drew McIntyre, I'll talk about the things they acknowledge tonight. Um, yeah like it it was kind of hokey i acknowledge you know how handsome you are i acknowledge this i like nobody say they i acknowledge all the pain i'm gonna cause to the usos like it was just a little silly
1: yeah it was very silly it did get over i will say that the live crowd seemed very into it i like that riddle was talking about Randy Orton's legs being veiny but i thought this was very silly for a main event segment but i mean do we really even have a main event at backlash so just this being the go home build kind of Hammers home that they really don't have much of a pay per view in terms of something that's must watch television. Uh, I thought the brawl was fine, but I'm just watching this like, man, like this is what they were advertising the whole show. Your main event is we're going to brawl with the Usos. And yeah, I mean, come on, what's that going to do? That's going to keep people watching. Not that there's the anything baby- wrong with the people there, but there's no match. There's just a brawl.
0: Yeah. And the baby face is standing tall at the end of it tells me they're losing 100%. Um, but it means nothing. Mm hmm. Do you think they're going to do the tag match? Oh, I guess if they're not unifying the tag match, why? Yeah. There will be no tag title match then with them.
1: Yeah. I mean, they should eventually, they've been teasing it. Like they were going to do a tag match and I would, you know, they've done tag matches in the past for no titles on the line in terms of there being unification. So if I think they should just go the separate ways after that and maybe go toward Roman versus Shinsuke, maybe was, so what are we in May? So I think the next one's money in the bank. So Roman versus Shinsuke, maybe for money in the bank. And then Drew versus Roman, it's, uh, SummerSlam, or I mean, I know Cody is there waiting the rings when the wings. Yeah. But I mean, Drew versus Roman is kind of like a stadium type, whether whether yeah. it's legion Stadium for Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. I think you know it's too much to wait. I know Drew wants to win the title at that Cardiff show that they're doing, but that's in September, and I mean, yeah. who knows? Anything can happen between now and September.
0: So could you imagine any other TV show that you watch week in and week out and you watch it for like six weeks in a storyline and they're like, man, we're not going to resolve this storyline. We decided it didn't matter. We're going to, you know, we're going to buy some time
1: while we figure out the next storyline that we're going to abandon. Terrible, terrible. This is, you're not doing right by your audience. This is awful. And the fact that this is a plan that we're going to make it seem like we're going to do one thing. And it's like, it's typical carny booking where they're going to say, oh, we'll we'll do a unification match, which I was legitimately excited, about. I've never been this excited for a tag team match. And I don't know how long, because these tag team titles are so diluted and they just pass them around and this seems like something that's a big deal. No travel issues. There's no reason to not do this. Yeah. They just uh, moved away from it. And I think it's unfortunate. I think you could have a tag team champions that should travel. I think all the secondary titles should be unified and they go back and forth. Yeah. Um, And in fairness to
0: every other TV show, every show you're watching right now, that's like on cable that has, you know, 10 episodes or 13 episodes, like they write all that shit in advance and then film it. They don't say eight weeks in no major change in the storyline.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Unless it's lost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that was smackdown and rampage tonight
1: uh that's all i got yeah that's all i got too i mean this was really kind of a meaningless night of wrestling if we're going to be honest they had rampage in the middle of the day while people were getting yelled at by their boss and then they had the smackdown which is a half of a go-home show for a half of a pay-per-view so coming out of this hopefully both companies are able to go full speed and we can get some meaningful booking yeah well,
0: Sunday is WrestleMania Backlash, Wrestling Uncle Bill covering it after. Neither of us will, but uh, the others will be here. We'll be back Tuesday to talk about NXT 2.0. Uh, I'm going to go because I'm going to watch the movie Posse, and then I'm going to go back to Paramount Plus and watch some more classic Yom TV raps. And I'm going to tweet at Rapper. I tweeted Ice T, how many Fergora Kangles does he still own? Because I'd forgotten that. I was watching Ice uh, old Ice T videos. I'd forgotten about the furry Kangles that he oh, used yeah. to wear. That was a look. Absolute look.
1: Him and LL, that was a big look in the 80s at
0: Kangol. And they're kind of coming back. Yeah. And Kangol makes more than just the LL hat. They got the other cat. I mean, I own like four Kangol's of different styles. They're just all around. But the Fergora, the the furry Angora one, I'd forgotten about that. I got (laughs) to stock up on some Fergora Kangol's to look like iced tea uh, circa 1988.
1: I want those glasses and the Kangol's on a future podcast.
0: I will do. And I'll get them to match, too yes let's go that'll be the key well everybody have a good weekend he's that this is nasty i'm at glenn rubenstein uh if you're watching um tv raps let me know what you're watching this weekend what episodes and what you're checking out uh because yeah that's that's exclusively where i'm gonna be so uh have a good weekend we'll catch you back here on the wrestling podcast take care
2: support for this podcast and the following message come from coriant